Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Facebook has become an epidemic that is devastating this country. Quote, it literally changes your relationship with society and each other, he said. God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains. That is a quote from the first CEO of Facebook, which is absolutely amazing. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So last night on Fox, Tucker Carlson went big with this story. Sean Parker First CEO of Facebook, he was the uh, Justin Timberlake character in the Facebook movie, if you saw it, uh, admitting that this was the plan from the beginning. They they understood the way the brain would react to the to, to likes in that little in that in, you know that little hit you get the shot of dopamine. And I'm right? thinking, by the way, the Twitter people uh, picked up on that too, and you know it's all they all understood this from the beginning. It isn't just a um, I th- I always I thought all along it's just an unfortunate. Um, side effect, still important. We still got to look at it, but it's just unfortunately the way we're we're reacting to this 
communication device. Right, like Sean Parker ran in and said to Mark Zuckerberg, Mark, Mark, this is really crazy. Turns out when people get likes, that they like have dopamine go off in their brain. Can you believe it? No, they knew from the beginning. Yeah. That's what, what they were doing. That was the whole plan. Right. And so Tucker Carlson opened last night. He said in, in, in 1994, the heads of the tobacco companies sat in front of Congress and they were being questioned and said, cigarettes are not addictive. When everybody who smoked cigarettes knew they were addictive and there was plenty of science to say that they are addictive. And they eventually, over the years, have had to pay out hundreds of billions of dollars mm-hmm. because they were lying about that. Right. And he started quoting some of the studies that we have talked about in recent weeks about the suicide rate, particularly among, among girls, which is at a 40-year high. And how much of it is... Teenage t- girls, teenage tweens, girls, teens, yeah. And how much of it is tied into social media. There is science to back the idea that this stuff is making us miserable and making people kill themselves and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you've got Sean Parker from Facebook doing an interview where he says, yeah, from the beginning we knew that this was addictive. That was how we knew it would be so successful. Where do you think that is going? Do we have uh, more of him or before we launch into the sure. discussion? Yeah. Okay. We can go. thought process that went into building these applications, Facebook being the first of them, to really understand it. That thought process was all about how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible. And that means that we need to sort of give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while um, because someone liked or commented on a photo or a post or whatever. And that's going to get you to contribute more content. And that's going to get you, you know, more likes and comments. I mean, it's, a, it's, a val- it's a social validation feedback loop that, that it's like a, I mean, it's exactly the kind of thing that a, that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in, in human psychology. And I just, I, th- I think that we, you know, we, the inventors, creators, you know, and it's, it's me, it's Mark, it's the, you know, Kevin Systrom at Instagram, it's all of these people, um, understood this consciously, and we did it anyway. So, That's you know, something. adults, you know... <sighs> The vast majority of adult, of adults either are capable of helping themselves or there's nothing you can do for them. You know what I mean? That's part of my libertarian bent. You know, I'm I'm more than willing to if I discover something that's that if I come to a realization, look, this is going to hurt you and your life and your family, I'll say it out loud. Then if you have enough self-awareness, intelligence, etc. to pick up on that and say, "Wow, that's a good point." then you can be helped. If you don't, then there's practically nothing I can do to help you, and I don't want to design some giant nanny state to keep you, you know, warm and safe. It doesn't work. But the kids, the kids I worry about. And so you've got a situation where at the very moments when a child's uh, sense of identity are being formed, the sense of themselves, their worth, their place in the world, who am I, what do other people think of me, we're building them an artificial, like Parker said, social validation feedback loop. We've built a brand new one that supplants the millions of years old one. This new one happens to be incredibly abusive. And amoral and often anonymous, or at least it gets you, it moves you one step away. One of the most interesting books, aspects, rather, of the book on killing that I just finished reading is that 
it is much, much more difficult to stab somebody to death than to shoot them. And it's much, much easier to shoot them with a rifle from 150 yards away than it is to shoot them point blank. What we've done is enabled cruelty precisely when it's the most damaging on a massive scale when if, with our kids. And that's why we have young girls are killing themselves at triple the rate of like 10 years ago. It's a freaking nightmare. And so is uh, Louis K. Can pardon me, folks. Masturbate in front of fellow comedians all day long for the next hundred and fifty years. Wow, and, and that uh, seems unlikely. And it is a well, it would be a superhuman effort. It would be an eye, just a single little drop compared to the Pacific Ocean of significance. I think of this social media story. So is uh, so is this more like the tobacco industry? Where um, they're going to be shelling out gazillions of dollars. There need to be warning labels and uh, and programs in school to keep people from using and all that sort of stuff. Or is it more like the food industry, which also knows that they're tricking us and and uh, wow. and and exploiting human behavior to get us addicted to something that is not healthy for us? Great and, question. And we just we just say, well, what you just said. You're an adult. Make your choice. You have this information. If you can't stop it, that's your problem. Yeah. So is it cigarettes or is it the food industry? Or it- I, I, I think it's probably more like the food industry because, you know, there's no reason to burn tobacco and suck it into your lungs. And, and, and by the way, it gives you cancer. There is plenty of reason to interact with people and there's plenty of reason to interact with people online. So I, I think it's going to be more like the food thing. And I think aware, educated, smart parents are going to keep their kids the hell away from this as much as they can. And parents who don't know. Their kids are going to wolf down the marshmallows and 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 McDonald's hamburgers of Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I don't do Facebook, but I do Twitter, and I have a feeling the Twitter people also knew how this worked. Oh, yeah. With the little oh, shot had of to. dopamine you get every time you notice you've got a text or whatever. But society is, uh, well, the cur- current society, I'd love to just not do Twitter because I know it's bad for me. But I don't think the way society is currently constructed, that's an option. Well, I don't. I've got one friend who refuses to tweet, and it it makes it very difficult to deal with him. I, I don't think I could make my life function without Twitter. So you got to do it some. Really? In what way? In what sense? Taking in news or putting stuff out? Because if I just take in headlines, then I don't think there's that nearly as much of that social. Uh, what does he call it? Social validation feedback loop. You know, I was saying Twitter and thinking texting. I mean texting. Oh. Which I'm oh. addicted. I'm addicted to carrying my phone around for texts. Mm. And I wish I could just not do that. And it's also, it's the, ding, I got a text. Oh, my God. I got the good feelings in my brain. This is going to be huge. This is something fantastic. <laughs> oh, no. It's just my wife saying I'll be home at three. Yeah. Damn it. Wait for the next one. Ding. What is this? It must be Joe. Something big has happened with our career. We're fired or we got a new station. No, it's nothing. <laughs> That's what your brain is doing. You know, I, I think the fact that you're aware of it puts you way ahead of the unwashed masses who have no idea that they are the crack monkey in the experiment, hitting the button over and over again until they got their bleeding eyes and their teeth have fallen out and can't even peel a banana. Is Facebook on the hook for anything since they knew this with their, with what they were doing? What what if studies show that the, 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 there might already be these studies? That show it's absolutely a connection between the, uh, the the suicides of teenagers and Facebook. They would make the uh, 
they would make the argument that, look, it's a, it's a tool, and if you use it in a healthy way, you'll be healthy. If you allow it to get unhealthy, you'll be unhealthy. It's not our fault, which is, you know, only partly true, but legally speaking, I think it's plenty a good enough argument. Should they be hammering kids in school from the earliest age like they do with tobacco about Facebook, you think? I'd rather have parents do it, but... Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think the evidence is absolutely clear that it damages you and your self-image. I mean, I, listen, you can be a pretty together adult and unleash something on the Internet you think is great. And then you don't get the positive feedback you expected. And you think, oh, wow. Oh. And it hurts a little bit, a little bit. If you're a 12-year-old girl, oh, my God. I hope, God dang it. I want to call all my kids and say, conference call time. Dad has something to say. And they're adults at this point. <laughs> Looking uh, back, do you think MySpace was a gateway drug? <laughs> Michael, turn off your microphone. MySpace. I have another question about this, but we need to take a break. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give you the dopamine hit commercials. 415-295-KFTC is the text line. What say you? 415-295-KFTC. People are saying, well, my kids don't use Facebook, they use Snapchat. It's all the same thing. Yep. It's it's the same thing that's going on. And don't forget, we haven't even mentioned the the addictatron element of this, where you get rewards for Snapchatting X number of days in a row. Don't break your string. You've gotten likes on Facebook X number of days in a row. Don't lose your streak. One of the things Sean Parker said that make him a pretty unlikable human being. (laughs) I'll have that for you coming up. Also, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. question i'll hit you with the answer in a couple of minutes how many chocolate donuts from mcdonald's and i'm guessing i've never had a chocolate donut from mcdonald's but i, I didn't know they had them i neither but is that a morning thing i'm guessing they're not the, i'm guessing they're not the healthiest donut <laughs> in the world either uh how many chocolate donuts from mcdonald's would you have to eat to equal a gingerbread frappuccino from starbucks there's your trivia question wow i'll hit you with the answer in just a moment well, you know what i want to see hang on a second y- you know me i I paint I got, amazingly detailed uh, pictures. I got all the details for you with my uh, my beverage, fat, sugar, etc. So yeah, I just I want to be able to picture them. Chocolate donuts from McDonald's. Yeah, I just are they are do they look like a big old fresh baked one at your local fresh fried one at your local place or are they? Uh, they seem to be in the mold of the jelly donut. There's no hole in it, oh, right? So McDonald's it's got like the jelly donut. Well, I'm but it's looking got like at the a sugar donut. donut. Oh, yeah. my God. My mouth is actually watering. <laughs> um, no. So um, the quote that caught my attention from Sean Parker, first president of Facebook, who helped to design the whole thing, is Facebook literally changes your relationship with society. God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains. And the question I would have is, to what extent do they have any... Um, either financial or just moral responsibility to the increased suicide rate among teens, which all kinds of studies show come out of the social media thing. A terrifying, gigantic rise in suicide. 
Yeah, when in him saying God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains, that uh, that sounds to me like you have some concern about that. Yeah. Now, does does this Sean Parker does does he come off as as, as a better person than he did in that interview? Because there's some stuff he says in that interview. It does make him sound like the greatest person, but he's do you know Sean? Uh, he has a a reputation for being somewhat arrogant. By the way, if you gave me a billion dollars when I was twenty. Oh my God! Well, he was already the quotes you'd have gotten out of me in my twenties and thirties. Oh, please! <laughs> if anybody has any quotes from me in my twenties, please quash them. Not only give you billions of dollars, but have a lot of the world hailing you as a genius. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I just said some pretty awful things. Well, because he was already a big deal before the Facebook stuff. He was the guy behind Napster. Yep, yep. But so God, that's a blast from the past, Napster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. He said it's this, piracy. He said this because uh, as part of the interview. He said, new advances in life sciences are allowing humans to live much longer and more productive lives, said Sean Parker, uh, formerly of Facebook. Because I'm a billionaire, I'm going to have access to better health care, so I'm going to be like 160, and I'm going to be part of this like class of immortal overlords. You give us billionaires an extra 100 years, and you'll know what wealth disparity looks like. I think he said, <laughs> of compound interest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's something. Yeah, well, how old is he at this point? 37. Yeah, and, and he's going to live to be 160. Sure you are, brother. And he's got, uh, he's spending a, a gazillion dollars and uh, uh, on uh, these this various cancer research, bringing together the best scientists and all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, beautiful. So it's good for him. Yeah, beautiful. he's, he's yeah. trying to do a little bit more philanthropy in this stage well, of his that's, life. That's, so that, that was what I was getting at. I wonder where, because Zuckerberg is a very socially aware person it would seem claims to be sure acts like one yeah at some point aren't they gonna say there's a lot of teenage girls killing themselves because of our invention yeah we gotta get the word out or spend a bunch of money on on uh, i don't know uh, rehabs or something don't you think that'll happen at the very least warnings and outreach and the rest of it yeah you know i hope it does and listen uh Mark, I realize I've referred to you as evil, specifically and by name, on a number of occasions, but nonetheless, I'd like to ask you to listen to me for a moment. Uh, how about you start that today, by this afternoon? Start acting on the fact that your platform is probably unwittingly driving many children to kill themselves. You know why you can't do it? Well, and, just and, occurred and, to me. And call your, your buddies at Instagram and the rest of it. How's come? Because he's... As we speak, introducing it in countries around the world. He ah. can't give that speech in America as he introduces it to some country in Africa. By the way, we already know it's going to cause a quintupling of the suicide rate among your children. But let me get you hooked up for free. You know, if I were going to play the devil's advocate, and once again, literally advocating for Satan and Mark Zuckerberg, I would say, uh, look at what uh, Facebook and Twitter and these other social media platforms have done uh, for overthrowing dictators, for bringing political awareness to uh, to oppressed people, so you can bringing get... awareness in general to oppressed people. Listen, there are some negative consequences. We're working on that. Overthrowing dictators so you can get different, worse dictators, which is what usually happens. Well, and so you can sell them a pair of pants that uh, they happen to mention over their phone <laughs> to somebody the other day. Exactly. Peering into their lives, <laughs> reading their emails, one of which mentioned golf clubs, and so now they'll have golf clubs on their feed for the next, you know, three months in Zimbabwe. Listen, boys, you're forgetting who else knows that Facebook and social media are addictive. The Russians! Yeah, they're... <laughs> the Russians! Duh. Oh, 
Judy and I finally... Oh, you remember when I used to review 10-year-old movies? Now I'm reviewing five-year-old TV shows. Judy and I are finally really getting into the Americans. Mm. Oh, my God, what a great series. Oh, it's so good. It's so nasty-licious. Russian agents living among us, acting like perfectly normal Americans. The wig budget on that show is off the charts. The Uh-oh. different wigs they put oh, on. Oh, and, and the fake mustache budget. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's amazing. <laughs> God, why can't... Is there somewhere you can get a reasonably priced collection of theatrical mustaches and beards? And I don't want to use spirit gum, all right? (laughs) But maybe just have a big red beard for a couple of days. Wouldn't that be exciting? From the text line, Zuckerberg is Beelzebub. I could... I wonder, he... There are a number of aspects of his act that are awfully anti-Christy. Both have Z's in the name. Right. Mm -hmm. They sound similar, don't they? Bielzuckerberg-abub? I'll keep working on that. Uh, I'm more worried about Facebook for my kids' brains than uh, football. Okay. Uh, uh, Well, yeah, I would start with the girls. (laughs) Well, one, my kids probably won't play football. They will be involved in Facebook or something like it. Right, right. A bunch of texters saying, you give me that much money when I was his age and I'd be dead already. Yeah, no kidding. A lot of people would. You know, and, and listen, I in one way, I'd be more worried about social media than drugs because you can make a, a specific, detailed, persuasive argument against drug use to your children, one they can understand and remember, to describe to them and 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 convince them that this social validation feedback loop is extremely dangerous, even as they are getting the validation they desperately need from it. Trying to get that to stick in their, their nutty teenage heads? Good luck. Well, yeah, and you could live your whole life without doing drugs and be fine. You're not going to live your life without doing social media. It's very unlikely. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting story. It'll be interesting to follow uh, over the next several years. If, if all of a sudden uh, kids are going to be learning in school the way they do about cigarettes, about how awful Facebook can be. I don't know. I don't know if that's where we're going. The social media, the social validation feedback loop as your identity is being formed and the danger of it. I think you could inject some sort of curriculum into schools or or churches and parents, et cetera. I think you could do that pretty effectively. Okay, so I got to pay this off. There is something called a gingerbread frappuccino, which I have never had. A grande gingerbread frappuccino. And I'm here to tell you the kind of person that gets a gingerbread frappuccino is going to get the venti, which is the bigger one. So this is just the grande. Which is the small one. Nah, it's the medium one. Tall is the small Tall one. is small. Nah, right. <laughs> Reminding I myself of I why, why I virtually never walk in. I don't know why they do that. To the Zuckerberg-like milkshake shop known as Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks. A grande gingerbread frappuccino has uh, 68 and a half grams of sugar. Fat! <laughs> <laughs> Three full-size Snicker bars, roughly. So I don't, I don't sugar, fat, calories is the equivalent of eating seven McDonald's chocolate donuts. I'm looking at the seven. aforementioned donut. It is a full-size donut covered with chocolate with a chocolate center. It's like a jelly donut, as Sean described, but full of chocolate. You'd have to eat seven of those to equal one grande, which you're not ordering a grande if you are grande, uh, gingerbread frappuccino. It is not a coffee shop. It's a milkshake shop. Yeah. We Unless all, you go in and you buy coffee. We all fool ourselves with these various changes of names, I guess, right? My, I, I realize that one that I fall for easily. 
eating banana bread and pretending it's bread and not banana cake. It's just eating cake. <laughs> oh, I love banana bread. I love banana bread. Mind your own cake. business. There's nothing wrong with eating bread. Mind your own business. It's I, bananas. If there's cake, Fruit. I'm not going to have a piece of cake. Probably. Damn, but I will I like eat banana bread. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, a little butter. you got to have some butter on there. And then the reason was my wife made banana bread, which I ate like half of the night before. And then the big thing of sugar was sitting on by the stove. And I said, why is the sugar out? And she said, I used it in the banana bread. And I said, there's sugar in banana bread. <laughs> she looked at me like she looked at me when I said, there's a plug for the boat. And, uh, and she said, yeah, banana bread is banana cake. We just call it banana bread, but it's really banana cake. It's the same as making a cake. But it's shaped like bread, except for pound cakes, there's which no, are shaped exactly like banana bread. There's no frosting. So you get a frappuccino and you say you're, you got a coffee drink when you got a milkshake. It's just it's easier to go down brain-wise. Oh, my. To we, thine own self be true. We Best advice ever given. We Shakespeare said that. You know Shakespeare? You ever read any Shakespeare? Huh? <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> What's coming up your news, Marshall? Well, we're going to hear from the reporter who broke the Senate candidate Roy Moore sex scandal allegations. There are new health concerns about fidget spinners. Yes, they are still selling them. And O.J.'s continued adventures in Vegas. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. O.J.'s about two weeks away from going back to the Hooskow. And good. It's a shame he's going to use up a cell in uh, Nevada, but it's better he's off the streets. A fidget spinner warning? Yes. Really? Yes. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm not going to lie. You're out living it up today. Who's getting the most attention, Roy Moore or Louis C.K.? Seems about evenly split. One of them is incredibly important, could be the balance of power right. in the U.S. Senate. The other one's not important at all. A comedian who constantly talks about working it, turns out he was working it in front of women, which is totally unacceptable. Uh, and, a, and a weird power thing. How about uh, asking? One woman came forward and said yesterday he once asked if he could do that, and she said no, and she came forward as an accuser. Is that uh, something you can't do? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. It depends on your work relationship, right. I suppose. If it's outside the workplace or you don't have a power relationship, I mean, that's just asking somebody to engage in a sexual experience with you. Granted, a rather odd one. It could be very crude, depending where you are right. in your relationship. Right, right. Yeah, but no, I, uh, listen, and that's that's where this is going, no doubt. We've already seen a little of it. Is uh, anybody who's... Uh, Anybody who's uh, the least bit wild is now being called on it like it's a crime. We've just seen a little of that. Some of the allegations get a little broad. Well, like th- that one. Okay, so he, you know, exploited power relationships, went to work for him, blah, blah, blah. He masturbated for her. He forced them. He blah, blah, blah. And, and also, there was one girl he was dating who he asked, do you want to, you know, put on a horse head while we do it? <laughs> I mean, that's just, that, that's that's weird. Yeah. But you get yeah. to if you want. <laughs> Okay, ew. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. An Alabama Republican Senate candidate, Roy Moore, is vigorously denying a Washington Post report that he initiated a sexual encounter with a 14-year-old girl when he was 32. Post reporter Beth Reinhardt explains why the accuser took so long to speak out. She's thought about this for many years. Her children are grown now. She sees Roy Moore about to ascend to the U.S. Senate, and she felt like she needed to 
tell voters in Alabama what she knew about Roy Moore. Now, Reinhardt says it wasn't easy for the accuser to speak out. She knows how popular Roy Moore is in Alabama and knew that it would be it would be risky to come forward. Now, the Post is saying three other women have come forward with allegations that Moore pursued them when they were between the ages of 16 and 18. And as uh, Armstrong and Getty pointed out, the uh, age of consent in Alabama is 16 years old. So, but still, he was uh, apparently uh, targeting some pretty young uh, young ladies. And it's, it's probably as you weigh whether you take these allegations seriously or not, probably worth mentioning the one gal who said he groped her at age 14 right. as a Trump voter. And not some sort of, you know, progressive activist type. I don't know if that matters to you, but there it is. And none of the women sought out the Post. Apparently, while reporting a story in Alabama about supporters of Moore's Senate campaign, the Post reporter heard that Moore allegedly had sought relationships with teenage girls, and that's when they started to put the uh, dots together. He is, uh, the Washington Post has an article, Roy Moore quotes through history about sex. And I thought, okay, this will be some good hypocrisy stuff. But it was all about gays, about the gays. He really, really doesn't like the gays. Um, he doesn't have anything about there about the heterosexual sex, so maybe he thinks that's perfectly normal. I don't I don't know what the culture currently is like in Alabama. I, I would hope that voters would frown upon 30-year-olds wanting to have sex with people under 18, even if it is legal, technically. It's not doing the image of the South any good, I'll tell you that. Yeah, good point. Yes, Sean? Yeah, Alabama, how about you bump up that age a couple of years? Like, well, how is 16. that still a thing? Yeah, I agree. Well, there's well, been a movement. If, you're, if someone... 19 or older engages in sexual conduct with uh, someone younger than 16. That's a fairly serious crime, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you think it ought to be 18? I think so. And I don't really have a good reason other than, like, when I hear 16, that makes me feel oogie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it didn't when yeah. I was 16, but it sure does yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, of course, there always are exceptions for a couple of 17-year-olds. Oh, sure. That's a very different situation. 17-year-old and 18-year-old, they've been boyfriend, girlfriend. That's different than allegedly an assistant prosecutor is 32 years old, uh, you know, with a 16-year-old. O.J. O.J. Simpson is banned from the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Vegas for drunken disturbance. Staff said the 70-year-old former NFL player got drunk and began disrupting other customers at the bar inside the hotel. When I first heard this story, I thought, I'll bet some... I was going to say a-hole. Are you an a-hole or not if you get in O.J.'s face while he's trying to eat dinner? Because he's, you think he's a murderer. That's I don't an think interesting it's, question. I don't think it's very cool. No. He went through the justice. I don't know. I wouldn't do it. But that's what I thought when I first heard it. I thought, I'll Would bet you, somebody... as you're leaving the restaurant, fire a dinner roll at the back of his head? I wouldn't. But I would. I, I thought... <laughs> I thought, I'll bet that's what happened. He's trying to eat dinner at a casino. Somebody gets in his face. and turns, But no, he got drunk and started the whole thing. Yeah, according to TMZ, O.J. Uh, has uh, been hitting up bars uh, since he was released from uh, prison. He was at the bar and started breaking glasses inside the uh, casino beginning at about midnight. He got angry with hey, the workers. He might workers. cut himself like he did back in the day. Hey, I'm O.J. I've never been in trouble in my life. I'm not a violent guy. I, I, I don't Come have a juice. He got Come on, juice. He, he got angry with the workers when they were, I think, trying to calm him down. That prompted security guards to respond and remove him from the hotel. I've juice. Got, I've got to assume that when you're you're this recently out of jail, mm-hmm. that you get in trouble, you're right back in jail. Well, like even that's minor a specific trouble. provision of his parole that he can't drink alcohol to excess. 
It's so, like he's not really the juice anymore. You know, it's like he is exactly the juice. Ross <laughs> slash David slash Robert Kardashian. Uh, anyway, so he's, yeah, he's going back to jail, guaranteed. You think over this or just... It, oh, in general, guaranteed. Over this? I don't know. The jails are so full. They might give him one warning. I don't know. I don't know. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't. To me, this is it, it's the opposite. This is an indication, wow, you just plain do not care about trying to stay out of trouble. Right. We got to put you back in jail. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, the voice of the West. You know, OJ recognized as a great running back, a murderer, a sports memorabilia fanatic. I think he's underappreciated as a moron. He might be a dummy. Big dummy. Just dumb. Big, charming dummy. Yeah. And murderer. God, going right back to jail. What an idiot. Yeah, just please, get away from humanity. We don't want you anymore. We didn't want you much. Is he cruising the bars hoping to uh, find some blonde with her head still attached to date? Is that what he's doing? (laughs) Wow. I mean, seriously, is that what he's up to? Why is he doing that? And what kind of friends do you have? Well, you're a moron. You're going to go out to a bar and get hammered instead of hanging out at your house and getting hammered or whatever. Yeah. Moron. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. makes me feel uncomfortable every single time. Jimmy Kimmel calls it unnecessary censorship. It's where he, he bleeps things. Your mind. Your. 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 Take yeah. a look at yourself. When you point a finger at someone else, there's four fingers pointing back That's at you. It's really not. I'm asking you just try it once and look. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Who's the Louis C.K. now, pervs? Listen to it and enjoy its innocence. You're a Republican. You're waking up to a reality, which is to win a primary, you have to... Donald Trump. This governor will your to everyone here today who serves your country. Uniform. You. 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 You have a big old. I saw the guns like five feet wide. Senator McConnell was threatening to bring the senators back um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, I will your if that happens. <laughs> and on it goes. Hey, a quick follow-up. Um, this week, the news came out that a- Aaron Hernandez, the the murderous NFL player from the Patriots, who uh, murdered some people and went to prison, hung himself, his brain was the most severe case of CTE ever found at age 27. And our producer, Anton, threw out, what about when OJ finally dies? And they take a look at his brain. Well, Did his problem-solving, judgment, behavior part of his brain continue to shrink throughout his life? To where he started making worse and worse decisions and getting more and more violent. Quick devil's advocate point. The I believe there are reasons. I can't remember what they are that Aaron Hernandez's lawyers are playing that up big for the good of the widow and his children. Now, that's not to say it's not true, but there is an interest in, in promoting that narrative. Turns out to be true, though. That's really, really interesting. And I can totally believe O.J. Uh, has a battered brain. 
because he didn't seem like a dumb guy back in the day. And lack of impulse control is a big thing in CTE. Yep. You start doing crazy stuff and self-destructive stuff. Uh, the part of your brain that involves problem-solving, judgment, and behavior goes south on you. Oh, man. Like, I, didn't, I didn't get much of that, to, you know, to begin with. I imagine if half of it went away. Yeah, so that'll, be, that'll really be an interesting part. There'll be another chapter in the O.J. story. They take a look at his brain and realize he took a hell of a beating over a long, long time before anybody knew anything about this. And listen, the obligatory disclaimer. Never raise your hand to a woman for any reason. Unless she punches you first, and then it's a wobbler. Anyway, how many of these domestic abuser football players are actually uncivilized brutes? Wow, good one. And how many have been playing football since they were 10 years old and their brain doesn't work right? I don't know. I would like to know. That could explain it. I'm not making excuses for anybody. Never lift your hand to a woman. Of course, you also got the aggressive kind of person that helps to play football or steroids that practically everybody's doing some sort of something. Right. And and many people grew up in a situation where uh, men did physically dominate women. So, again, it's just it's a question. It is not a conclusion. Hmm. Mm, indeed. So uh, these are troubling topics. Normally, we're a little lighter on a Friday. We're delving deep into the human condition. It's another human condition Friday. <laughs> I got some TSA statistics that will make you very angry the next time you're standing in line being patted down. Okay. So stay tuned for that. I want to address something very quickly. We we all want to. Uh, we're getting a lot of emails, a lot of questions about uh, Fisher House, because for the last several years, we've been doing a big Fisher House fundraiser during the week leading up to Veterans Day and have raised, with your help, millions of dollars for Fisher House. We've built, practically, this this show has built a couple of, I'm, I should say the listeners of this show, have built a couple of Fisher Houses, or, or substantially did, done amazing work in helping out uh, wounded uh, service people and veterans and their families and absolutely wonderful stuff. And we'd encourage you to continue helping Fisher House out uh, to whatever whatever extent you can. But after several years of doing it, we decided, okay, we've really, really helped them out and raised awareness. Who else is doing fantastic, mind-blowing, tear-jerking, heart-gratifying work for our service people? And we have come across a, another cause, another organization that has just blown our minds with the beautiful things they do. And we're going to do a giant fundraiser for them the first week in December. Yeah. Just because uh, it fits into their schedule, there's no point in explaining why. Just trust us. Yeah. And you're going to be really interested in it, and you're going to want to give. It's so good. It is so great. And we're going to be doing that the first week of uh, December. So, anyway, that's why we're not doing what we used to do this week. Getting attention for Fisher House was a huge deal. The money was awesome also, but getting it, making, I wasn't aware of it before we started doing it. How many people now know about the great Fisher House that will be around forever. Lots and lots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they do beautiful work, you know, so keep supporting them. Now, you know, like uh, sponsors that go away, you probably ought to never spend another dollar with them as oh, long as you live. No. But uh, the charities we support are still great charities. Yep. Because we check really, 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 really carefully. So anyway, moving along. Yeah, TSA, uh, they're not getting any better. <laughs> They're not getting any better, it would seem. <laughs> For some reason, we spend of our taxpayer money billions of dollars and add more every time they fail their tests, but they can't get any better. For some mm. reason. Mm. Troubling situation. Mm. One light night comedian was willing to take a swipe at Louis C.K. as the story broke yesterday that Louis gets completely naked in front of women who didn't ask for it. 
and then does his thing. Yikes! Which is weird. Uh, Louie, uh, stop it, maybe? Huh? He, had, he had a show canceled and stuff over this, right? Stay oh, tuned yeah. to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.